The following sermon was delivered by Rev. Laurel Gray at the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. So last week, we talked about theology on a really big scale. And so we took ideas of redemptive suffering and ideas of post-traumatic wisdom, and then we scaled them from the personal one-to-one level up to a really big picture way of thinking about the world. And this week, we're sort of doing the opposite. So we're going to take the idea of self-compassion, and we're going to get down into the skills of how one engages in self-compassion. Because I think sometimes talking about the way that we should treat ourselves without actually um, articulating the strategy or the skills for that um, can seem a little judgmental, maybe, or a little bit hard to enter into. Um, So my hope with the service is that um, we develop some greater skills and greater understanding of how to treat ourselves with self-compassion. So the holidays are hard. I'll confess that Thanksgiving is one of my least favorite holidays, personally. And part of being a minister also means that I know I'm not alone in this sentiment. This week, this week brings together issues of family, present or missing or estranged, with issues of food and the moralizing of bodies. And then add in a dash of all the landmines of politics and American history, and polite conversation, and then top it all off with a command to be grateful. And still, you might love Thanksgiving and then feel a little weird that you're not being more woke about it or insert any other self-judgment, right? Point being, pie is great and life is complicated. So for our interfaith Thanksgiving service on Tuesday night, our focus was on lifting up our shared humanity. Members of different religious traditions were invited to lift up songs or passages. I gave a short reflection. And all of this centered on the idea of shared humanity. The Christian scripture was Jesus's greatest commandment from the book of Matthew. In the passage, an expert in the law is testing Jesus and asks, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, he says. And then he adds, and this is important for today, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In the spring, I'm going to do a service on different ideas about what God means. But for today, the important piece is that second commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think we understand this to mean caring for others, but the way it's actually stated requires some level of care for ourselves. So the pair to the commandment to love your neighbor would be an invitation to self-compassion. That is to treat ourselves with the same kindness that we give to a friend. So I thought it might be a good thing to reflect on during this season of expectation and strain. I first encountered the concept of self-compassion at a staff training day at the University of Minnesota Medical Center when I was doing my chaplaincy rotation. Now, self-compassion is central to Buddhist teachings, and it became the subject of Dr. Kristen Neff's psychology research. 
Neff has woven together the central tenet of self-compassion from Buddhist teachings with our understandings of human psychology. And because hospitals can't teach religion, really, they can't proselytize, we were introduced to the idea of self-compassion through Neff's research in psychology. So Neff defines self-compassion as comprised of three things. The first is self-kindness versus self-judgment. The second is common humanity versus isolation. And the third is mindfulness versus over-identification. So we're going to go through those a couple times. Neff writes this. One, self-compassion entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. So, kindness. Two, self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the sacred human experience, something that we all go through rather than something that happens to me alone. So this is common humanity. Three, self-compassion also requires taking a balanced approach to our negative emotions so that feelings are neither suppressed nor exaggerated. We cannot ignore pain. And at the same time, mindfulness requires that we not be over-identified with those thoughts and feelings. So this is holding lightly. So step one, acknowledge our suffering with kindness. Step two, remember that suffering is part of being human and we're not alone in it. And step three, remember that we are not defined by our suffering. Often when I'm worship planning, I use the database on the UUA website that has collections of words and readings from contemporary ministers and lay leaders. And there's a search function. So you just type in the topic and see what comes up. When I typed in self-compassion, there were a whole two things that popped up and they weren't really actually about self-compassion in a helpful way. So I tried searching compassion alone and guess how many results there were? 689. That loving our neighbor thing can be a whole lot easier than loving ourselves sometimes. And our culture is very averse to suffering. We talked about this last Sunday. There's this impulse for everything to have to either be an inspiration or be your fault. Some of you sent examples this week of just this kind of making you stronger, cringy storytelling. So we're not very good collectively at this way of gently telling the truth about suffering, holding it with a kind, open hand that sees our shared humanity and doesn't try to cage it in or fix it. So I want to invite you into this practice of self-compassion, not only so that we tr might treat ourselves with greater kindness, but because our tolerance for holding suffering without fixing or blaming, our ability to do that is a gift. This is that post-traumatic wisdom theology that says our suffering is real and it does not define us. So during the prayer and meditation, we're going to do a guided meditation from Dr. Neff that takes us through doing these three steps of self-compassion. So again, step one, turn towards our own suffering with kindness. Step two, 
turn towards the world and remember our experience is part of the human experience. So we are not alone. And step three, hold lightly and let it be. This season can bring up all kinds of pain and struggle, dialing up the contrast between what is true and what we wish were true to dizzying levels. So it's okay if you're feeling very human amidst all the glitter and expectation. May we enter this season with an abundance of compassion for each other and always for ourselves. Amen and blessed be. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.